Regular listener, why not check out our YouTube channel for more Arsenal and general football content? Over there, you can sign up to a Chronicles of Aguna membership, gain access to our exclusive members-only content, as well as our private Discord server. But above all, you'll be supporting me to bring you more content and continue what's been an amazing journey covering the Arsenal so far. Enjoy the show. It's the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, and we are live. Listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. Hi, Mark and Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello, and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. Brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simiou, and um, happy Monday. Hope you're all well. Um, I've decided to dress up in all my Arsenal gear today, try and make me feel better about (laughs) where we find ourselves in the Premier League currently. Um, And today, we're going to be talking about a bit of transfer news. And I know it feels maybe a little bit premature at a time like this, because obviously, It is March. The transfer window is still a few months away from opening. But this is a very important transfer window coming up for Arsenal. And there are many things that will need to be, in my opinion, settled or at least be on the way to being settled prior to that window actually coming around for us to then be able to go on and do what it is that we probably need to do in order to strengthen the team. And that's why I'm paying attention to a lot of this stuff at this point in the season. Usually in years gone by, I wouldn't. But I do feel like right now, um, planning for the summer, even at this stage, even in March, is really important. And I think it's going to have a significant bearing on what happens uh, to Arsenal in the, the next couple of seasons or so. I want to say a big hello to everybody joining us in the live chat. Big hello to everybody who is uh, listening to this in podcast format. Um, Make sure you hit the like button, subscribe to the channel if you haven't. If you're listening via audio, make sure you leave us a review. It's really, really important. Let's go over to the live chat and say some hellos before we get into it. Big hello to T Talks, to Said, to Aditya, to Tofa, to Ebi, uh, to Callum, um, to Wesbird, to Sam, and to Josh. Hope you're all good. Um, I don't really want to talk any more about the Burnley game because I feel like I talked about it to death. Um, if you haven't checked it out already, you can catch the review show. Um, it's not the last video, but the one before that on the channel. If you're listening via the podcast, it's not the last one. It's the one before that. Um, we also held a fans phone in show last night, which you can also catch up on now um, with some really good points made, some really good discussion, some really good debate. And it's always great to uh, be able to chat to you guys uh, on the show as well. So thank you to everyone who took part to those who've watched, to those who are going to watch, to those who are going to listen. Quick reminder before I get into things that this podcast is sponsored by Manscaped.com. So if your forbidden forest is in need of some deforestation, especially with the end of lockdown in sight, then uh, make sure you head over to Manscaped.com, check out their fantastic products and using our discount code, which is 90min20, that's 90min20, 
you'll be able to get 20% off of your order as well as worldwide free shipping. So do uh, head over there and check out some of their fantastic products. Let's get into it. Let's talk about the two big stories that are doing the rounds today. And the first one is involving a current Arsenal player, and that is Alexander Lacazette. Now, according to reports in Italy from Calcio Mercato in particular, it looks as though Arsenal are not willing to necessarily meet Alexander Lacazette's demands when it comes to this potential contract renewal. Now, we know that going into next season, Alexander Lacazette will be in the final year of his Arsenal contract. And it feels very much like this summer would be the right time to try and move him on, taking into account the fact that he would still have some value, taking into account his age um, and taking into account his performances as well, which have been, for the most part, throughout his Arsenal career, quite up and down, quite inconsistent, I would say. Um, Taking all of that into consideration, I think it probably is wise to try and move Alexander Lacazette on, get some money in. Uh, that we can then use to continue in our rebuild. And I think we can all agree that there's still a long way to go when it comes to the rebuild. I think we can all agree that Alexander Lacazette, as decent as he's been at times in the second half of this season, throughout his Arsenal career, he's not hit the heights of, for example, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. He's been out in and out of the side a lot, um, not scored enough goals for me. And um, he's a bit of a streaky footballer in that he has runs of games where he plays really well and you're looking at him and you're going, yeah, you know what, we've got a player on our hands. And then he can just, he just has this knack and this ability to then go missing for four, five, sometimes even six weeks. And that that's just not good enough at this level. So I think it is time to move Alexander Lacazette on. And according to the reports from Calcio Mercato, they claim that negotiations over a potential new deal have begun Discussions have taken place between Lacazette's representative and the club. However, those discussions are not moving very fast at the moment. And the reason they're not moving very fast is because Alexander Lacazette is not willing to take a pay cut. And understandably so, you know, these are the peak years of Alexander Lacazette's career. This is where, as a footballer, you probably start to think about life after football. You know, when when you're getting towards that 30 mark, you're probably looking at it and going, okay. Things have been good up until now, but where do I go after this? Um, you know, how do I move forward after this? And you can understand why players at Alexander Lacazette's age would be reluctant uh, to accept the pay cut. You know, Alexander Lacazette um, is at that point in his career, and that's that's the reality of it. You know, we're we're talking about someone who's twenty nine years old, and we're talking about someone who will want to get uh, you know a big three year, four year contract. Um, signed, sealed, delivered so that he can then, I guess, not worry too much about the rest of his career from a financial perspective. Now, Lacazette doesn't want to take the pay cut. And so, according to Calcio Mercato, his agents, his representatives, his team, his entourage, whatever you want to call them, they are offering Alexander Lacazette out to a number of European clubs. Uh, Two of those clubs being Juventus in Italy and Barcelona. So we're not talking about substandard clubs, right? We're not talking about second tier clubs. We're talking about some of Europe's biggest, um, biggest teams. We're talking about huge football clubs and we're talking about Alexander Lacazette potentially moving on to as strange as it sounds, because we're talking about someone that we're not sure if we want to keep, 
But if he did go to Barcelona, if he did go to Juventus, you could argue, given this, the state of Arsenal right now, he'd be moving on to bigger and better things, which is interesting. It's always interesting to to understand how players are perceived in other countries in comparison to here. And it's always interesting to see the difference in how somebody's viewed by a continental club, for example, in comparison to the Premier League fans. I always find that fascinating because you see it happen time and time again. And people argue that the Premier League is is the best league and it's of the highest standard right now. I'm not even so sure about that anymore. You know, that the games are too cramped in. You know, the, the lack of fans has had a bigger impact here, I would argue, than it's had anywhere else. The incompetent officials are spoiling it as a contest. They're spoiling it as a spectacle. So, um, yeah, um, you know, if, if Alexander Lacazette earned a move to Barcelona or, or, or Juventus, you suspect he'd be laughing. Happy days. Um, and look, I wouldn't begrudge Alexander Lacazette moving on to any of those clubs. I think, as G. Wills points out in the chat, I feel as though Lacazette is is probably better than he's been treated at Arsenal. But equally, there's a reason he's been treated that way. And there's a reason that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang hasn't. Because when it comes to delivering on a regular basis throughout the duration of their Arsenal careers, they're worlds apart. Um, I know Aubameyang's season this season has been a little bit up and down and there have been issues and there have been problems and there have been um, dips in his form. But even still, when you look at the duration of his Arsenal career and you compare that to that of Alexander Lacazette, there is no comparison. The players are worlds apart. And so you can understand why Arsenal felt that they could break the bank to keep Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang at the club. But probably having done that, um, probably now a little bit reluctant to um, to do the same or something similar for Alexander Lacazette. Um, Topher in the live chat says, I agree, it's time to move on from Lacazette. I love him as a person and his hard work when he's on it. But age and inconsistencies to me uh, mean it's the time. We need a promising, maybe Premier League proven talent. I think that, you know, we talk a lot about the need for Arsenal to start fresh. And I'm not suggesting that Lacazette is the reason that Arsenal haven't been as successful as we'd have liked in recent years. But you need to upgrade in certain areas. And I do feel that we need an upgrade in that position. I do feel like it's partly that, but it's also partly because he is someone that we could get some cash for in the summer. And when you look at all the other bits of business that we probably need to do, you start to scratch your head when you you see the financial results that we touched on on a podcast on Friday, I think it was, or a few days ago. When you see those financial results, you do wonder how Arsenal are going to be able to do what we need them to do without allowing the likes of Laka, the likes of Bellerin, uh, and maybe others as well, to move on from the club. You know, we, we need to cash in. Um, as Xander says, there's no time for sentiment. We need new money and we need new blood. Uh, Wesbird says, I think he works hard for the team, but I think he's not prolific enough. And let's be honest, we need to score more goals. And I feel it'd be the right time to freshen it up and upgrade. Agreed. Martin says, don't mind having Lacquer. I think it's going to be difficult to find a striker that has his quality and doesn't mind being benched. Yeah, interesting. Um, interesting point that. Um Alcarp says 25 to 30 million for Lacazette, 30 to 35 for Bellerin, 20 to 25 for Xhaka and 25 for Genduzzi. I think Alcarp, you're being really optimistic there. I'd love that, but I don't think you're going to get 30 million pounds for Lacazette in the last year of his contract. I really don't. 
I don't think you're going to get 30 to 35 million pound for Hector Bellerin. I think 2025 is probably more realistic. Granite Xhaka, you probably could get 20 million for Granite Xhaka. Um, Matteo Genduzzi is another one I worry about whether or not we'll be able to get that kind of money. And given that his loan spell at Hertha Berlin has seen him not exactly pull up any trees or or do anything that has really made the rest of Europe stand up and take notice. So it's really, it's really interesting. It, you know, we're going to have to try and squeeze as much out of these players as we possibly can. But you know, it's going to be difficult. The market's going to be a tough one, and it isn't going to be easy. Big hello to Jashar as well, who joins us in the chat, and uh, to the Phantom Patient, who says, how about Paddy Bam Bam, Paddy Bamford? Uh, could we tempt him? I think we could tempt him. I think we could financially do it. I think that the player would probably be up for it. But I also am conscious of the fact that Patrick Bamford seems to thrive under Marcelo Bielsa and hasn't really thrived prior to that under anybody else. And that makes me worried about Patrick Bamford as a as a player. You know, sometimes there are players and managers who just fit together like a jigsaw puzzle, whereby the way they're deployed by that particular manager, the, the man management, the, the arm around the shoulder, all of that um, just seems to get the best out of certain people. There are lots of managers who have those players. You almost call them like the teacher's pets, don't you? And Patrick Bamford is very much that under Marcelo Bielsa at Leeds. Would he be able to replicate that form elsewhere? Based on his previous, I'd have to argue probably no. Um, he's not someone I'd be pursuing, uh, but th that's not to take away from Patrick Bamford, who's enjoyed a very, very successful season with Leeds so far. Uh, T Talk says, I feel we need a different profile of striker, someone who can hold up the ball, link play and be an aerial threat. Yeah, I think... I think in Lacazette, we've got some of the attributes we need from a centre forward, but not all of them. I, I think we probably need someone with a bit more pace. I think we probably, you know, in the event that we do uh, look to play on the counter-attack, you know, obviously a lot of the time this Arsenal side come up against low blocks. And I know that in certain games, Mikel Arteta has preferred Aubameyang through the middle, probably for that reason. But I do think that we need someone who is an aerial threat. You know, like I talked about the low blocks, when you want to put the ball into the penalty area, you need someone who, you know, you can bounce balls off. You can rely on carrying some aerial threat and and, and some, uh, you know, ability to to cause the opponent issues. So, yeah, T-Talks, mate, agree. Um, I, think, I think with Lacazette, we've got some of the attributes we need, but we haven't necessarily got the full package. That's how I see it. Uh, Gunatel says, I don't even think it's about upgrading. I'd argue it's more that we just need to freshen things up. Lacquer is a class player, but it's just stale at Arsenal. Interesting. Um, TM goes on to talk about Martin Odegaard. He says, I've enjoyed Odegaard. I think he'd be good on a permanent, but we'll have to improve his final product. We'll come on to talk about some other players a little bit later on. Let's stick with the um, with the Lacazette chat for now, because, of course, that is the big... Um, that is the big story. Uh, Osman Ali says, in life, you want to avoid going to extremes, only EPL proven or non-EPL proven. Why should we not go for players out there? Forget Ivan Tony. Roman Yeremchuk is much better easily. I had to think for a minute that um, <laughs> he wasn't trying to catch me up with the name because I don't know a lot about Yeremchuk, if I'm honest. Uh, just quickly searched him on Google. Um, Ukrainian striker who plays for Ghent 
in the Belgian first division, 25 years old. Interesting. Um, Got to be honest, don't know a great deal about him. Um, Michenta says, I think Arsenal need a centre forward who is mobile, good at holding up the ball and can weigh in with a few goals. Laka doesn't do that. Uh, Brad Richardson says, Mikel said his team is far away from what he wants, so let's move on from Laka and build a team that he wants. A um, couple of you talking about Matteo Guendouzi and that you'd like him to stay. Um, Yo-Yo says, Laka will run down his contract unless he's going to a top, top club. Arsenal just can't afford to let that happen. That's the point here, isn't it? I mean, we've we've seen this happen time and time again. And if it does get to the point, um, you know, where we're in a situation where we're about to lose, um, you know, a, a, a first team player again because his contract's running out, then there'll be an uproar amongst the fan base and there'll be huge disappointment because I think a lot of people feel as though hopefully we've improved in that department. And so to see that happen once again would no doubt uh, ruffle a few feathers amongst the fan base. Love this from Gunatel. He says, let's just get Haaland and be done with it. I'd absolutely love Haaland, but man, there are going to be so many clubs battling for that guy's signature. And I just don't think we've got the financial muscle. And also it's not even just about the financial muscle, you know, could Mikel Arteta persuade Haaland that this is the right place to come? It's persuaded others. Um, and he's done a really good job of that to his credit, Arteta. But this is a completely different animal. You're talking about probably the man who will go on um, to be the best striker in world football. Arguably is up there with Robert Lewandowski right now. Um, but yeah. Uh, Jashar says, what about John Jules? Will he get promoted to the first team? I actually like what I've seen of John Jules, but admittedly, it's not a great deal. And um, I always worry about the step up. You know, it's very easy for people to say, you know, the the progress, you know, the players in the under 23s are the ones that we should be turning to. And, you know, that they're definitely going to succeed. You don't really know until they're tasked with playing at higher level. So I can't, with any degree of certainty, say that Tyrese John Jules is the right man and, and that he will get promoted. I mean, following Balogun's there as well, um, you know, rumoured to maybe be leaving this summer, but he hasn't had a look in. So, why would John Jules, I guess, would be my my response to that. Akshat says, Harry, have you been following Moller's progress? No, I've not. Um, caught bits and pieces. Obviously, I, I keep an eye on what the under-23s are doing. I watch the highlights. But again, you know, it's, it's so difficult for me to provide an assessment on someone I've seen very little of, if I'm honest. Um, so uh, I like the look of Moller. I like the look of his profile. I like the fact that he is a big man. Um, but... A, a, a technical big man as well, not just a, a beam pole that you're going to smash the ball at. So, um, yeah, l- like the look of Moller, but again, it's another one who it's very, um, it's very early days for still. Uh, Said Abdullah says, how do you evaluate Lacazette's career at Arsenal? And do you see is it a successful deal or a failure? Um, a bit of both, a bit of both. I think we probably actually overpaid for Lacazette in the first place. And that's made it, um, difficult for him to prove his value. But, you know, it's not um, it's not been a major success. I wouldn't say it's been a stinking failure either. Though I'd, I'd I'd sit on the fence on this one and say somewhere in the middle. Uh, Rahil Durrani, one of our members, how you doing, Rahil? He says, uh, "Hey, Harry, given the for the poor financial situation at Arsenal, would you be happy if we didn't get another striker, striker, and promote Martinelli as the second choice behind Aubameyang? Listen, I'm all for Martinelli playing as a centre forward, but." Um, 
I worry that Martinelli himself isn't really interested in playing in that position. You know, he's repeatedly talked about the fact that he feels that he is better from the left-hand side. Um, you know, but I think in Mikel Arteta's mind, he's probably thinking that. He's probably thinking that Gabriel Martinelli can be the man uh, to backfill that centre-forward position when Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's not available. And I'm not against that. You know, we've seen him do it in the Europa League from time to time, not this season, obviously, but in years gone by. And I thought he did it really well. I love the way he finishes in front of goal. I love his tenacity. I love everything about Gabriel Martinelli. Um, and I wouldn't be opposed to him being given that role. But I'm not sure that it will happen just purely because I don't think he wants it to happen. And I think if you're a footballer and your heart's not necessarily in something, I think it's difficult to... Um, you know, I mean, it depends, doesn't it? You you look at someone like Bukayo Saka, came into the side, broke into the side, playing in a position that wasn't really necessarily the position he wanted to play in, you know, left back a lot of the time. Um, and he's been patient and he's gained experience from playing football matches. And now he's at a point where he's playing in his preferred position as one of the front three and he's been excellent. And all that experience has become um, has become invaluable. You know, it's, it's really helped him along. Is Martinelli willing to do that? Is he willing to do a job for the team in order to get that game time? Um, time will tell. It seems like his attitude's good, but you never quite know what's going on behind the scenes. So um, let's see. Um, but me personally, no, I wouldn't be against it. I really wouldn't. Um, let's see what else you got in terms of uh, comments. Uh, Sam talking about the striker thing says that Edward is the 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 man. Um, you know, yeah, uh, looks a uh, looks a decent player. Spoken about him in the past. I'd be happy for him um, to come in. Of course, I would. Uh, what else have we got? A couple of you mentioned in the Swiss Rambles thread on Arsenal's financial losses. Yes, I have read it um, today. I'm not. I'm not. Listen, I'm not a financial expert, right? So I'm not going to sit and try and pull it apart or, or try and provide any kind of insight into it. I think if if you are interested in that side of things, head over to the Swiss Ramble on Twitter and check it out. Um, it's really interesting, really interesting to read. I would have a look at that if I was you. Um, but yeah, I have, I have seen it and um, I'm not going to attempt to be a financial man. So I'll leave it to you guys, even though I worked in finance for 10 years. Um, but Football's my thing, so I'd rather talk about the football. Uh, but yeah, check it out. Uh, what else have we got? Steve Stone on, on the Lacazette thing says, I measure success or failure by how upset I am when someone moves on. In all honesty, with regards to Laka, I wouldn't be too upset. Yeah, that, that's exactly how I feel as well. Louis Robson says, Harry, should we be in the mix for Max Aaron's? Might be one of the ones that got away if he gets a big move and does well, but we can't tell if that will happen. I think in the event that Hector Bellerin leaves the club this summer, Arsenal will be on the lookout for another right back. And that actually brings me nicely onto the second bit of news uh, that I want to share with you guys today. And that is that there are reports um, claiming that Arsenal's transfer target Tarek Lamptey, someone that we spoke about at length on a recent episode, um, is uh, is going to have to undergo some surgery to repair a torn tendon in his hamstring. And that will rule him out until the end of the season. Now, he'll be unlikely to return to training before the end of the campaign. Um, and he'll be out of England's under-21 European Championships. So, um, yeah, really... 
really disappointing news for Tarek Lamptey and, and Football.London report that the injury could cast some doubt over a potential transfer, given the explosiveness of Lamptey's game. He's 20 years old, but can you be sure that he will make a full recovery and be just as explosive as he once was? Um, maybe, you know, listen, I, we spoke about Tarek Lamptey. I'm not convinced that right now he is an upgrade on what we have anyway. I think he's shown signs and glimpses of being a very, very good footballer and he may go on to be that upgrade. But taking into consideration what I think Brighton will be looking for in order to sell the player, what I think, um, you know, it will cost us. I I'm not sure that that's the right move right now. And as Jashar points out in the chat, steer clear of Lamptey. I think a the injury thing is a major concern. I mean, how many times have Arsenal gone on spent money on players and for them to come and be essentially crocs and be a real, real problem. We can't afford uh, for that to happen again. And um, Tarek Heron says he'll, he'll be a Bellerin all over again. Um, Louis Robson says he'll cost too much. I think he actually would. Um, you know, I think that the price that Brighton will be asking for, particularly if they manage to stay in a division, uh, which they might do, uh, you know, is, um, it is going to be a, a major turnoff. You know, it's, um, it's a, it's a difficult one. But yeah, really gutting news for Tarek Lamptey though, because whether we sign him or not, you know, he seems like a good kid. Seems like he's got his head screwed on. Um, has shown signs of some real ability and signs that he could go on and be a really, really top right back. So, you know, wishing Tarek Lamptey a speedy recovery and all the best. But I just feel like right now, given that news, on top of everything else that we've spoken about in previous shows, I just think it's right that we steer clear of him. Right, we're going to get to that point where I want to get your questions in the live chat. So chuck your questions in there for me and I'll come to as many of those as I possibly can uh, between now and the end of the stream. Quick reminder, you can check out last night's fan phone in in podcast format or right here on the YouTube channel. Um, go back and check that out. You can also catch my review of the Burnley game, um, which was done the next day. And I'm probably glad I did it the next day, I thought, because... Um, yeah, because I calmed down a bit and I think I gave a more measured uh, viewpoint of the game. So check that out. Also, the podcast is sponsored by Manscaped.com. And if you're interested in becoming a member of the show, click on the link in the description. I'm aware that the link on yesterday's YouTube video uh, was broken for whatever reason. I've fixed it now. Um, but the link on this one, it definitely works. I've checked. So if you want to become a member and join all the lovely people in the chat with the little fancy logos next to their name, support me to bring you more content, get access to exclusive content, as well as a number of other benefits, which include priority on our fans phone in, then head over uh, to that link. Check it out. Right. Uh, let's go over to the chat box. Going to pick out a few questions before I go. Uh, Zaki says, is a war still a top priority? Um, I like Husemawa. I think Mikel Arteta likes Husemawa. We couldn't get him last time because simply because it it cost um it was going to cost too much money. You know, Arsenal were unable to match the valuation. Well, they say that they were unable. It, it seems more like they were unwilling, right? Because at the end of the day, Arsenal went and spent 45 million pounds on Thomas Partey and I can't help but think that had we gone and um and tabled a bid of £45 million for Hussein Mawa, we'd have got him. But it wasn't to be for whatever reason. Um, you know, Arsenal decided not to do that deal. Um, but is he a top priority? I think him and Thomas Partey would be an incredible uh, midfield pairing. But 
Can Arsenal afford that deal? Can Arsenal get that deal done? I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure that he is um, He is still at the very top of the list. I, I feel like the financials of that have probably made him a little bit out of reach. And I'd imagine there'll be a number of other clubs as well uh, coming into coming into the, the fight for, for Hussein Moua, given that he probably wants to move on from Lyon now as well. Um, I'm just going to pick out a few more in terms of um, of questions. Uh, the Modern Gunner says, what do you think about raiding the Rangers squad? They've demolished the Scottish League. Any knowledge on possible players? Honestly, mate, not really. Um, I very rarely watch Scottish football. I might watch the old firm from time to time, the Derby. But other than that, I'm not into it. I'm not big into it. I don't know a great deal about this Rangers side. So I'd be lying. So I don't want to sit here and, and spew off a load of shit when I know it's, it's shit. Um, so I'll leave that. Um, but thank you for the question. Uh, Robski says, what current player would get in the Invincible squad? Absolutely fucking no one. <laughs> um, Westbird says, Harry, how worried are you that we aren't converting our chances created? This has been a problem for a while. And do you think it's a mentality problem inherited from the Wenger years? Um, I am worried about us not converting our chances because it's leading to us not picking up results. And so it's, you know, it's a huge concern. But I'd be more worried if we weren't creating the chances. I think that that's the that's the big thing here. Um, you know, that's the that that's the big thing here uh, for me. So um, I am worried about it. It is a problem. But as I say, I'd be more worried if we weren't creating those opportunities. And the fact that we are creating them, but we're just not converting them, I think, it is one of the the main reasons why you got to just cut Mikel Arteta some slack at the moment. Because he, he's not in front of goal. He can't put the ball in the back of the net. He can only create an environment in which Arsenal create chances and Arsenal give away very few chances. And I think he's done that for the most part this season. Uh, shout out to Pratik, who's trying to catch me out with a, with an expletive in the uh, live chat. But I know what that word means, mate, and I'm not going to fall for it. So uh, thank you. Um, moving on. Um Let's see what else we've got. And I'm just trying to pick out a couple from people I haven't answered. Uh, into your analysis, do you enjoy football this year? Yeah, I can't wait for the season to finish. I haven't enjoyed it, no. Um, certainly haven't enjoyed it. I've got to be honest. I've, I've not enjoyed the lack of fans. I've not enjoyed not being able to go to the games. Um, you know, I'm working as a commentator at the moment and it feels like you know, there are games that I'm covering that I'm going into and I'm thinking, oh, this might be a decent game. But the standard is just so low across the Premier League right now because there are teams with nothing to play for. There's bad officiating. There's empty stadiums, which means that teams and fat and players are not being driven on in maybe difficult moments. And a lot of games are kind of going into a bit of a lull. So, no, I haven't. I haven't. This is the least I've enjoyed a football season, I would say. And, and, and this is putting Arsenal's results aside, right? In general, this is the worst uh, football season I can remember. We knew it was going to be tough for the season to even to even go ahead with everything that's going on in the world. So I'm grateful that there is football. I'm grateful that I have work off the back of there being football um, because I've got mouths to feed. But if you're asking, yeah, you know, purely on an enjoyment basis, no, um, I've not enjoyed it at all. I really, really haven't. Um, what else have we got here? Let's pick out. I'm going to pick out one more um, question. Hold on. 
I saw one. I've answered that one from Robski. Uh, I'll take this one. This will be my final one from Tarek. He says, what positions do you see Arsenal upgrading on in the summer? I think that if Bellerin goes, we need a right back. I think we need a centre forward uh, because it looks like Balogun and now maybe Lacazette could be off as well. Um, I think we, we, we need midfield. Um, I think we need to improve in the midfield. Danny Sabalos is likely to return back um, to Real Madrid. I, I can't see Arsenal having the money to sign both him and... Um, Martin Odegaard, and I think it's going to be a straight-up choice between the two, and I think that Odegaard probably just about leads the way on that. Uh, so, yeah, those are the positions that I would say. Centre midfield, right back in the event that Bellerin goes, uh, centre forward in the event that Laka goes. And I think those are the probably the three key areas. I think we probably need to bring in another left-back, but it's always difficult to do that, especially when you're talking about a, a position where the player is going to be coming in very much knowing that he's going to be second fiddle to Kieran Tierney. Um, so that's going to be a difficult position to recruit for, but it's one that we do need to recruit for. Right, I'm going to leave it there. Um, got a dash back to work, but I'm going to leave it there. And uh, you can catch me later on VSIN across the United States for live commentary of West Ham United versus Leeds United. Hopefully there's some entertainment in that one. Uh, I look forward to bringing uh, you guys that one. I'll always tweet out the link. So if you fancy coming over to VSIN and listening, it's absolutely free. Uh, I'd love to, to have you on board. And if you do tune in, make sure you tweet me and let me know so I can give you a shout out live on air. Big thanks to everybody in the live chat. Thank you for all your fantastic questions. Apologies if I didn't get around to answering all of them. I, in fact, I know I didn't get around to answering all of them. So my apologies, but make sure you smash the like button on the way out. Let's get to a hundred likes by the time the outro plays. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. If you want to become a member, click on the link in the description and check out manscaped.com where you can use our discount code, which is 90min20 to get 20% off as well as free shipping. I'll be back very, very soon with more. Until then, take care. All the best. listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.